This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to Grief Relief. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host and daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, it's great to have you in the studio today. Not happy the reason you're in. Our good friend Darcy Sims died. She was one of the great leaders in the grief and loss world. And our guest today knows her, and and we'll probably say a little bit about her on the show. Do you want to introduce our guest, Heidi? I would love to. We're going to talk today about grief and technology. And our guest today is Dr. Carla Safka. Carla is Associate Professor of Social Work at Siena College in Ludenville, New York. She has research experience in gerontology, grief and loss, mental health, and technology. She is the past president of the Association of Death Educators and Counselors, also known as ADAC, and co-editor of Dying Death and Grief in an Online Universe. Welcome to the show, Carla. Thanks for inviting me to be part of it. Great to have you on. And, and your book, I think, is just uh, so important and, and so current. And we have a little chapter in there on our online community, opentohope.com. But, um, you know, I was I was looking at the book, and Heidi and I were um, looking through the book today, and we were saying, wow, how fast things move in technology. Already, there are things that aren't included in the book because people weren't tweeting then, and, and it's moving quickly, isn't it? It moves so incredibly fast that I can't even keep up. I, I'm sure there are new things that are happening that I will only become aware of as my students teach me or my teenage daughter teaches me. You know, uh, with our, the friend, our friend Darcy Sims uh, dying, she was very well known in the grief community. And one of the things that Heidi and I were very interested in is that how technology is being used. And uh, Heidi, talk about where you saw Carla. Yes. Well, you know, and Carla knows this. Here we are on Facebook. Darcy dies. And, and my Facebook news feed just lit up with memorials to her and et cetera. And one of, in one of the news feed things that were talking, paying tribute to Darcy, I saw Carla come in and say and talk about how much she missed Darcy. And I went, oh, okay, Carla and Darcy know each other. So you also find out how people are connected. And it's, it's an amazing thing when you all come together to mourn um, online. Yeah, it is, it is kind of a blessing and a curse because actually that's how I found out she died. I, I was on Facebook, and all of a sudden, I'm seeing pictures of her everywhere, and I thought, well, that's unusual, and I started reading. That's how I learned that she had died very suddenly. So there's a part of me that isn't sure how I feel about that part of it, because even though I've known for, for years now that it was changing the way we learned about death and, and how we found out bad news, I'm not sure it's always a good thing. So it's it's a little shocking and we could be grieving alone because of that, whereas generally, in, in before the Internet, we had another person tell us, and we could process, right? Yeah, you, could, you not only had somebody to process with, but I think the thing that I found distressing was that I didn't know what happened. I just knew that she had died. And, in, you know, in the olden days, when my parents would sit me down in the family room and tell me, bad news, they would have all kinds of information that they could give me that would help me make more sense of it. But not knowing how she died, not even knowing that she had really been that ill, because all I knew is that she had been in the hospital the week before, but didn't realize it was it was a life-threatening kind of illness. So there, there's 
the immediacy of finding out and then that wonderful sense of sharing memories and, and feeling connected to the other people who are missing her, that's very, very good. And I, and I think that can be incredibly helpful. It's the other part that's a little distressing, and I'm not sure how that gets all mixed together. And I'm thinking about... Um yeah, people around the United States who might even find out about a very close family member by suddenly looking on Facebook could be very, very shocking. Well, and this is an embarrassing story because you'd think, you know, I've, I've written about this and I've studied this for years that, that I would do something foolish like this. My aunt died several years ago during the summer, and when she passed away quite suddenly, um, my daughter was in Florida on vacation with a friend of hers, and I thought, well, she's you know, she doesn't need to find out about this while she's gone. She was coming home several days later. And due to the timing and the distance involved, we weren't going to be able to fly to St. Louis for the funeral. I thought, well, I would prefer to tell her about this when she's sitting here because she knew my aunt that was her great aunt. And then my cousins started posting memories of Aunt Bernice on Facebook. And, of course, my daughter is connected to my page, so she started this. She found out anyway because people were posting about it on social media. So you, you can't control the way people find out in the same way that you used to before technology was a part of it. So you're, you're right that people can find out about close family members and, and um, folks online. Well, it's, it's true because even with Darcy, you know, my mom has known her for many, many years. And, and when I found out on Facebook that she had died, I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to make sure that my, I get a hold of my mom before she checks her Facebook when she wakes up. So I was frantically calling her over and over because I wanted to tell her in person before she saw it. So yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse. And and it's so, uh, it's so impactful. Heidi did get a hold of me and my, my other daughter banging on our door and early in the morning and I got up, but it was so much, it felt so good to have Heidi say that, tell us that Darcy had died and for me to be able to process it with her and then hand the phone to my husband and have him process it with her. And so you're right, that initial shock, the internet may not be the greatest, but let's talk about some of the support you can get on the internet. Some of the sites that you see most supportive. I have to say one of my favorite sites besides our site, opentohope.com is Soaring Spirits Foundation. Um, that's a wonderful site for um, if you've lost a spouse. Have you got any thoughts about sites that can be helpful? Well, I think I think there can be sites that are helpful at all points in time when you're dealing with even even an illness before a death, but also the grief afterwards. For example, there is a, a site called CaringBridge.org that exists to create a way for people to communicate information efficiently and quickly when someone is dealing with an illness so that, for example, a family member doesn't have to send 20 million different correspondences to different people. They can post on a central site and give updates to multiple people at the same time. And then as an illness progresses or a death occurs, people use that site to announce um, memorial services, funeral services, addresses where you can send condolences if you really want to do things the old-fashioned way and send a sympathy card in the U.S. mail. And then they also have online guest books and journals where you can post your thoughts and your memories after a death. So it's, it's a site that provides almost a continuum through that end-of-life issue if it's, if it's a predictable death, but also has some parts of it that can be used when someone is grieving. And then you've got other sites that are used specifically to deal, deal with the grief and loss. And one of the things I 
love about the Open to Hope site is that it has so many different ways that people can share information. You've got you've got the stories that people tell and, and the ability to share somebody's grief through story and narrative. And I think Tom Golden's site is also very similar in that respect, that a lot of people have gone on and, and posted their stories and then people post comments. So it's almost like you can have a dialogue with someone who truly understands to the best of someone else's ability to relate to what you are experiencing and to provide a sense of validation and a way to normalize what you're experiencing so that you aren't feeling out there all by yourself or to quote so many people that have, have told me they feel like they're losing their mind or that they're going crazy because the grief is so different or unfamiliar to them. And that's a wonderful, I think, sense of reassurance that people can find online. Also, if you are feel if you're on the internet a lot and you're feeling alone and you feel like you need group or support, we want to encourage you to get that. You can go to your local you can call your local hospice or uh, and they usually know about grief groups in the community. You can get involved with your church. You can you know try to reach out and be with other similar people who've had similar kinds of circumstances, and you can certainly find those kind of groups on the internet. The Compassionate Friends is a wonderful place to contact, compassionatefriends.org, if you have lost a grandchild, a sibling, or a child. And uh, talk about ADAC, their, their resource for therapists, Carla. Well, I think ADAC has tried to tailor their coping with loss section of the website to provide access not only to some of these links for other organizations, but to provide links to what we would call informational support, finding sources of knowledge or information that can educate you about what common or normal responses to grief might be is something that I think their site tries to provide. They also try to provide links to some of the professional resources that are available, as well as old uh, issues of the forum, the newsletter that's written for the organization. So there, there's a whole variety of resources there, not only for professionals, but for people who are dealing with grief in their own lives, as well as members of the media who might want to be connected to some of these sources and resources as well. So Carla, I'd say that what we want to tell people is that they do not need to grieve alone. There's a community, there's our virtual community, and if that doesn't totally work for you, if you need to augment it more, then make sure you reach out with those face-to-face, -face because sometimes there's nothing like having a hug and having another soul there with you. And I also like what you said when you wrote about teens in your book, Dying Death and Grief in an Online Universe, because you talk about how we as adults need to get comfortable with technology and help our help t our clients and our children navigate the internet in positive ways. I think sometimes we can kind of judge our teens and say, wow, they're on technology too much or the ne it's negative. I like how you said we need to educate ourselves. Well, and, and the best example I can give of this is something from my own life experience. My sister-in-law's son died very young several years ago, and I remember that my daughter was trying to, to navigate her way through how to cope with her cousin dying at such a young age, and I know she found some comfort in posting pictures of her cousins, and the last time that we were all together, we happened to be vacationing in Hawaii, and she changed her profile picture to include a picture of Daniel and her other two cousins and herself, and I... I know as a mom that one of the things I wondered about was when she would decide to change her 
profile picture. And it literally stayed up there for several years. And she just took it down a couple months ago. And by my watching, what she was doing provided an opportunity for me as her mom to say, hey, Gwen, I noticed you changed your profile picture. I'm curious what influenced your decision to do that. And then she was very, very comfortable talking about, you know, why now and, and what had changed. So it, it gave me a chance. The technology provided me with a chance to talk to someone who might not have otherwise talked to me about how she was feeling about losing her cousin. So I think if we as parents and counselors and adults learn about the technology that kids are using, it, it opens an opportunity for conversation that might not otherwise be there. Well, Carla, thanks so much for being on the show today. And um, is there some place people can reach you, a website that you want to uh, give us? Probably the best way to reach me would to go onto um, Santa College's website. I don't have a personal web page, but if they go to www.siena.edu, and that's S-I-E-N-A dot E-D-U, they should be able to find my faculty page, and there should be an email address right on there that they could reach me. And if you want to get uh, the book, Dying, Death, and Grief in an Online Universe, it's for counselors and educators, but you find a lot of really inform- interesting information about the Internet. The editor, Carla, is one of the editors, and I'm. it's by Springer Publishing, and I'm sure you can get it on Amazon, right? Right. You can get it from Amazon. You can also order it from Well, thanks again for being on the show today and for all the good work you're doing. Thanks, Carla, for talking about such an important topic. You know, grieving on the Internet is an amazing thing because it is a virtual community 24-7, and we look forward to seeing you at ADEC. I'll look forward to seeing you there, too. Heidi, uh, Carla is just great, isn't she? I have these educators that are so down to earth like Carla is and really understand the grieving community and helping people um, is impressive. Absolutely. And and like I said, her book is so important right now because the Internet is here to stay and it is there 24 hours a day for people that are grieving. And often, as you know, Mom, we grieve in the middle of the night when everybody else is asleep. So to be able to go on and get support is very key. Absolutely. We don't grieve alone. We grieve in community, and stories are so important to all of us. Thanks for listening to the show today, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.